You're listening to Strong Runner Chick Radio, episode 60. Welcome to Strong Runner Chick Radio, a leading online community where our goal is to educate, empower, and connect female distance runners across the world. We believe in healthy running, fueling, and embracing our strength as female distance runners inside and out. Through interviews with top professional, collegiate, and master's level runners, leading dietitians, coaches, sports psychologists, and runners of all shapes and sizes, we hope to spread the message that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to distance running. Now, let's get to the show. Hello, Strong Runner Chicks. Welcome to another episode of SRC Radio. We hope that you're having a phenomenal, well, actually, you may not be listening to this on Wednesday, I guess I should say, (laughs) but maybe I should say, I hope you're having a phenomenal fall season. Um, What's really funny is, Megan, have you gotten snow out there yet? No, we've gotten a little bit on the mountaintops, but I haven't run through it quite yet. Okay. And um, I've been noticing a lot of my friends who are in Aspen, Colorado, where I lived last year, they, places have been getting like 13 mm-hmm. inches of snow already. So just curious, Megan, being in Utah, if you had gotten any already. Yeah, no. And I imagine you in Boston, have you gotten any? Well, I'm not in Boston. I'm out in Western Mass. So it's a little bit oh, of, a, well, of yeah. a, yeah, no, it's okay. It's a little bit of a, um, like it's an hour and a half from here. So mm-hmm. they have more coastal weather. Um, we have more like hilltop weather, but nonetheless, um, no snow yet, but it's very close. We were, we're getting down into the twenties at night. So Ooh. it's a real treat. Um, yeah. but anyways, Chilly. enough of me chatting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to welcome Sammy George to our podcast. Sammy, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, Let's take a moment and welcome Sammy. Sammy was born and raised in Raleigh, North Carolina. She decided to stay local for college and attended North Carolina State University, where she was a part of the track and cross-country program for five years. Sammy was the ACC Freshman of the Year, All-ACC, All-American, a school record holder, and an ACC Performer of the Week. During her time there, she struggled with depression, anxiety, and an eating disorder, which took her out of her sport for an entire year. With the help of McCallum Place, she was able to compete her fifth year in track. Currently, she's part of the Raleigh Distance Project, which is supported by Wazal, an elite distance running team in Raleigh, and has goals to go to the Olympic trials in 2020. She's also pursuing a path in health health and life coaching in hopes of empowering women around her. Sammy, that's quite the bio. You've got a lot in your past and your history to add to the wonderful woman you are today. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm just happy to be able to just share my story with everybody. And I think the main reason why I like to just kind of share it is to hopefully have other people that might relate and maybe inspire them to get better. Definitely. And I want to, rec- I want to acknowledge the fact that you're willing to be so open because it takes a, a lot of inner work and strength to do that. So yeah. um, congrats to you. And I applaud that. Thank you. Um, so Sammy, how did you get your start in running? Yeah. Okay. So it started, well, I started running kind of competitively in middle school, but, you know, growing up, um, for whatever reason, I loved racing people across the gym and <laughs> Um, sprint. So I used to want to be a sprinter, but that didn't really work out. But (laughs) 
Yeah. So, and I just, I don't know. I just really had a knack for it. And I just really love the competitive spirit, of, I guess, racing people across the gym. So I decided <laughs> to do middle school track and I wanted to try out for the sprint team, but um, the coach was like, nope, I think you're going to be a distance runner. So I kind of accepted it and um, started from there and I just really enjoyed it. So. Um, and Sammy, just really quickly before we continue on, I don't know maybe if your your hand is covering the microphone on the phone. Oh, oh okay. that's better. Oh, that's you perfect. Now? Yeah, okay. perfect. That's just okay, so our, our listeners yeah. can hear We would hate to have, yeah, this episode not go through. Awesome. Okay, good. Because of the okay. volume. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's perfect the way you're holding it. Um, okay. But, but so much fun that, you know, racing across the gym and thinking mm-hmm. you want to be a sprinter. So, um, just by that comment, I'm assuming you're not a sprinter then? Uh, definitely not. <laughs> More of mid distance to probably going to go up in distance eventually. So, <laughs> okay. And what are you currently racing now? So uh, my focus in college was the 15 and the 5k and I'm, um, gearing more towards the 5k, I think for next track season. And I might actually, my longest race ever was, uh, the Virginia 10 miler. And that was only four miles the four mile race of it. So that's has been okay. my longest race ever. <laughs> that's so funny. Cause I can remember when we talked on the phone and you were like, I ran my longest race ever the, like yesterday. Cause I think it was like the day after we did it. Yeah. <laughs> and it, you were so excited, which was so cool. Um, and that's so much fun that you ran your longest race. What was it, What was that experience like? Um, it was super cool because so the whole rally distance team went out there and you know, everyone else of course ran the 10 miler um, since all my teammates are marathoners, and mm-hmm. so I admire them for that. Uh, and luckily, they had a four-mile race, and because I thought, you know, a ten-mile for the first race of the season would be kind of ambitious, um, and I want to slowly build up to that. And so I uh, was like, okay, I'm going to commit to the four-mile, and um, it wasn't bad at all. I mean, it was a really hard course, but it was just great to be in that atmosphere because mm-hmm. everybody just. Um, in that town just supported that race so much. It was cool to see just the spectators and how it all came together. Oh, that's great. And now, um, you had, after high school, you attended NC State. Um, did you know you always wanted to run in college? And did you run the, you said 1,505 K. Um, that was what you specialized in college as well, yes. right? Yes. Okay. And so did you always know you wanted to run in college? Um, I think, well, freshman year, I was kind of, I didn't really know much. Uh, I think I started to realize that was more of a possibility uh, my sophomore year in high school. Um, I think just, um, I raced Raleigh Relays, actually. They had a high school two mile. Um, so I raced at uh, State's track uh, starting my freshman year through my senior year. So um, State was always kind of an option for me. I didn't really know, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's so cool. It's it's kind of cool for me to hear that you stayed in Raleigh yeah. um, and close to home because not many people do that. Usually a lot of people go far away or, um, you know, even if they stay close, they, they don't, you know, connect to home as much. And it sounds like maybe you did, um, you connected back to home and back to yourself really well, which is kind of neat. Yeah, and I am definitely a home buddy too. So I've... Um, lived in the same house you know my whole life growing up never moved and so the furthest i've ever moved was 25 minutes away to state and um it's funny because i thought my senior year i wanted to go far away so i looked at other schools that were not in state but 
I ended up liking state the best. So I guess it was meant to be. <laughs> it's really funny. I have a similar experience. I um, went to school about 40, 45 minutes from okay. home. And um, I, but when I was looking at schools, I went to, I like looked at all the far, all, all, every single school that was like the yeah. farthest possible place I could go. And they ended up right down the road, but it worked out fine. And it sounds like your experience did too. Yeah. Um, so speaking about that, what was your college experience like? Yeah. And I think there's a lot of mixed emotions about my college experience just because what I went through, but um, I absolutely love the coaching um, for state. And that's one of the big reasons why I went there. And I think that I wouldn't be where I am right now without the support that they have given me. I think just college is just a whole different ball game than high school. I didn't really have too much stress going on in high school. And, um, once you're in that environment, you have people that are better than you or just as good as you. And so it's just so much pressure to live up to your um, expectations. And I started out being pretty good from a young age. And so I thought that, um, you know, with scholarship and everything that I needed to live up to that. And so I think the stress of that was really hard. But uh, I mean, I loved the whole entire experience. And my best friends are from the team. So um, that aspect of it was really good. And I think just, um, you know, just kind of my mindset wasn't right at the time. But uh, overall, like, I really loved, like, the people I was surrounded by. That sounds really important. Um, yeah. And even in your bio, um, you spoke a little bit about, you know, the depression, anxiety, and eating disorder that you had in college. And um, did you take a year off? You sounds like you took a year off. Is that what happened? Yes. So, um, I mean, I struggled kind of throughout, like, since after my sophomore year in college a little bit um, through, um, uh, I guess, senior, my fourth year. Um, and I took all of 2016 off. Um, I went to McCallum Place um, starting in February and then got out June. Yeah, June. Okay. And, so, and then I um, competed in 2017 for track. So that's nice. It must've been a nice comeback. Yeah, it was good. I mean, it was really hard because I remember yes. coming back. Um, I was trying to do a run and I couldn't even go like a pace that I should have been able to go for like an easy run for like five mm -hmm. minutes without having to walk. And so it was just like one of the hardest things I've had to do is just to come back and just be okay with, you know, the present and where I'm at in that moment. Uh, mm -hmm. Because, you know, a lot of comparison from to your past self really creeps in. So um, I just thought a lot about, you know, like my PR since 2015 and, you know, if I'm ever going to get back there. But um, I um, was able to um, not necessarily get back there, but just get back to a point where I felt confident enough to race and mm -hmm. just um, appreciate the journey. Yeah. Kind of going back to um, that experience of seeking help. Um, was it a coach or a teammate or someone that allowed you or I guess enabled you and helped you throughout that process? Or how did you come to the realization that, you know, maybe I should take a year off and um, get help or seek treatment? Yeah, um, I guess it was just a lot of different things like built up. Um, I guess a little bit of background history of like how it kind of got started. I mean, yeah. um, and it started with... Um, you know, I had a hard time with, you know, 
portion control and just controlling because, you know, with my anxiety and depression, I would turn to food a lot. And so I put on weight and I struggled a lot with that. And I struggled with um, bulimia. And and so then it just became a um, habit where my roommates started to notice. And so um, I had a lot of friends that I was once close to that, like, we drifted apart just due to the uh, eating disorder, um, especially like roommates with people being in that environment, too. Um, and my coach found out, um, I eventually like got the courage to, uh, tell my coach my senior year. It was, um, it was during my best cross country season, but then I just started struggling a lot. Um, I remember one race, uh, it was regionals actually. I ended up, um, collapsing like five different times on the course and, um, that was hard. And I think that was the wake up call for me. Um, I, at that point I was like, I'm done running, you know, I just can't go through with this again. And I, um, started seeing the sports psychologist at state and she's actually the person that introduced McCallum place to me because they have a victory program, which is, uh, specializes in, um, you know, elite, like college level athletes that have eating disorders. And so, mm-hmm. which I think that that type of program needs to be offered to more places because they address the exercising situation head on Mm -hmm. where um, they have a psychologist, um, an exercise psychologist in a room with you while you're running or like doing like a workout or something. um, Mm -hmm. And just really addressing like your thoughts during that time. So I think um, thanks to my sports psychologist at the time, I um, made the decision myself um, to go and you know my coach supported it thanks for sharing um we actually have interviewed i think two or three other individuals who've gone to mccallum place and can only say yeah and can only say how wonderful um of an experience that they had there um and um, would you mind sharing with our listeners maybe what your experience is like um, at McCallum and maybe for someone who's listening who is, you know, considering going there or doesn't know where to go, maybe to offer some advice or whatever you'd like to say about that? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think without McCallum and the victory program, I don't think I would have gotten back to running. I think Mm -hmm. just being in that environment, I mean, it is extremely uncomfortable. It was just something I wasn't used to and it was exhausting. You would be there, um, you know, at first you're kind of at the bottom and when you make progress, you slowly like move up different levels where you get, Mm -hmm. um, you know, less time in treatment. But it was at first where it was um, 10 hours a day, um, you know, no electronics, no technology, um, just, a lot of sessions and um, at first it was weird because I think just because of the depression and anxiety, I was just, I pent up so much for so long. So I was almost like the first couple of weeks emotionless. Mm-hmm. So just all of that stuff didn't affect me. And it was just like the last like couple of months, it was just like cry fest, like every day. And I think just um, getting to that point of being okay with not being okay and just being able to feel the feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, was good and I think they have a lot of classes that make you aware of that and just the people that I met along the way there they're just incredible people and so strong and brave and um it like broke my heart to see just other people struggling too but um all the people in there were super supportive so I would definitely recommend it if you are looking to wanting to go back to your sport too
Well, I'm so glad to hear that you had a good experience there. And it seemed as though it was very fulfilling to you. Not only just like, oh, I'm here to recover, but I'm here to get my life back more so, yeah. which is it's obviously the most important part. Um, what was your what was your biggest takeaway from being there? Like, what did you learn? What, like, what do you remember most vividly um, about your time there? I know the first few months, it sounds like, or few, first few weeks or whatever, you were there. Um, it was very emotion, emotionless, you said, but yeah. maybe, you know, what was your most vivid memory of being there? Oh, I mean, I think I remember just, um, we, there was one class where we had to, it was almost like, um, not acting in a way it's hard to describe what it is but we had to kind of live out our insecurities and just um head on and um choose different people to play a part of something that like either you hated about yourself or just like your past life that you were ashamed of and so it was like acting it out and it was like confronting all those demons um out loud was just so overwhelming but it um made you become aware of it so i think that was like the one of the classes that I really um, took a lot out of. And I think everyone there did too. Mm, I can imagine that must've been so intense. Yeah, mm. no, it was, but you know, it was great at the same time. It was, um, you know, brought out emotions. So yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I can definitely imagine. So, um, and so you have um, a blog that I, I kind of stumbled upon. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, um, in one of your pieces, you wrote about the reality of recovering from an eating disorder. And, um, I think so many people think that when people recover from an eating disorder, they know it's probably hard, but they don't know the extent of how hard it can be and the reality of that. Um, and one of the things you write wrote was that social media tends to depict only the positives, you know, like today I did this, this was great. And, you know, but we've, you know, don't ever focus or don't ever hear about the things that just were completely terrible. Um, So a question I have for you is how can we continue to be true to ourselves while constantly be influenced by those around us? So if someone's in recovery from an eating disorder or just even in recovery from an injury um, and we see all the positives of people around us, you know, how can we, you know, be happy for them, but also recognize that that's not always the case. Yeah, I think just like what I try to do is um, be super open and vulnerable with my own um, path to recovery. I think just um, like you said, um, definitely on social media, people be like, oh, I felt good about myself today or this happened. And so, um, I mean, even when a person is struggling, you might not even recognize it on social media because the person wants to put out there what they want everyone else to see. And I so... I think it's just super important to, for people that might be on the path to recovery to see other people that they'll still have struggles. And then it's not mm-hmm. just an uphill slope. It's kind of like a roller coaster, just up and down, slightly going up. And I can mm-hmm. honestly say I'm way better than I was two years ago, but there are still so many struggles and so many thoughts, mm-hmm. like the thoughts stay in your head. Um, and it's just learning how to deal with them. And Um, just because you mess up one time and, um, engage in like behaviors, um, does not mean you're fully back into that. And I think that's where the black and white thinking come into play is another thing that we learned. Um, 
an almost like all or nothing. Um, so if like something were to happen, then you feel like, oh, well, I have to be on the, go down the deep end again um, in our, if I'm not all in. So I think um, I want people to realize that it's not, you know, perfect spectrum on one side, that it's going to be in the middle and there will be times that are harder than others. Um, just because, I mean, life can be hard. There are stressful events yeah. that happen. And, you know, um, as strong as we are, we're only human. And there's times where we could fall short, but that does not mean that we are back um, in that struggle. Mm -hmm. It's just something that you can learn from and get stronger. So, yeah. You're full Definitely. of good advice. Oh, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> it's all what I learned there. So yeah. it helps to talk to people when you get a lot of insight from them. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I, I love what you said about um, black and white thinking. It's yeah. something I feel like we don't talk about enough. Um, the fact that things aren't just good or bad or um, you can't, you know, you're not always just happy or just sad. You know, there's yeah. all of these extra things going on there. And, I think it's important to realize too that um, going back to social media is that, yeah, that person looks happy, but like you said, I mean, they're not just happy. There's so many other things to them. Um, and there's probably a reason why they're posting just the happy things, you know, yeah. maybe further down along, along the line, they're going to realize that there's, wow, there's an actual gray part in there. There's not just black, mm -hmm. there's white, but there's gray. Yeah. And then they maybe will start posting other things. So I think it's everybody develops in their own way, if that makes yeah. sense. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I, I just, I really love that you brought that forth in, in, in your answer there, because I think it's really important to point out. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think it's just some people can look at, I mean, um, I, you can call it all or nothing too. I mean, I was all or nothing throughout college. And so it would be like, um, whether it was, you know, I got super motivated, then I started doing everything right to a point where I became obsessive. And then I have one little like slip up where I like, Oh, I had a bowl of ice cream. So I'm just going to go binge now. So it was just mm -hmm. kind of like that where, um, it can be applied to food and just all areas of life. I can remember when I was going through my recovery, one thing that was really hard for me was trying not to be perfect in recovery and trying not to be like, like all in in recovery and like taking a step back and being like, I don't have to, you know, I have to go all the, like all the way, of course, but like everything, it's not supposed to go perfectly, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And that was something that was like really shocking to me. I was like, oh my God, it's okay if I mess up, like, even though this is such a big part of my life. So that was um, definitely a learning learning curve for me. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, we're um, all human. Oh, yeah, we're all human, and that's isn't that what makes the world go round? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so I want to jump back into uh, college a little bit more and ask, yeah. what did you major in? Oh, so I majored in sport management. Um, okay. For, well, I actually, um, I'm a very indecisive person, so I just, um, school has never been one of my strong points. I struggled with a learning disability, too, so okay. I was just like, I want to do, I wanted to do nutrition, biology, um, psychology, and it's just, um, those were all hard, and I guess science wasn't my thing, and so, and I, I mean, I'm really a hands-on learner, and that's what sport management was, so that's what I decided the last three years of college to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks for sharing that because I know 
um, that's another thing that's not talked about enough, yeah. um, you know, learning disorders and like how it really affects, you know, your trajectory moving through life. And um, so thanks for sharing that. Um, yeah. I think sport management's honestly one of the best majors you can have because you can do so much with it. Oh, yeah. um, and it seems like you're, you know, you're on the right track in that sport management field, which we'll get to a little bit later. Yeah. Um, but um, as you just graduated last spring, is that right? I did, um, 2017. Okay, so I guess two yeah. springs ago now that I think uh, about it. I know, it. that's crazy to think about. I just look back, I'm always telling people, I graduated last year, and then soon it's going to be like five years, and I can't say that anymore, so. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to my life. I graduated, wait, in 2017. 20... For me, oh, it was 2017, too, but I keep 2017? saying So I know yeah. what you mean, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so because you're a recent graduate, and you ran in college, collegiately, excuse me, did you have any struggles post-collegiately as a runner? Oh my gosh, so many. <laughs> um, because, I mean, you know, State is one of those programs where um, I wouldn't say like, you know, like overly supportive, but they support you pretty well. And I think then you're just thrown out in the real world without, you know, without clothes, um, running clothes, shoes, um, treatment, yeah. all of that kind of stuff. And um, I already was not like super established at that point as mm -hmm. a runner and not where I was, you know, three years ago. And so I just found myself contemplating whether or not I should actually continue or if it was worth, uh, worth doing. And of course I still struggle with comparison and like what people think about me. Um, surprise. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, and I was like, what are people going to think if I just decide to give this a go and I'm not like, you know, top in the nation or like qualifying for things. And so I just, um, I mean, eventually I um, still continued to give it a go. I trained with my college team and that was a huge struggle. Um, I, um, I guess backing up 2017 was not the best year either, just because I've had a lot of freak accident injuries. Um, I had, um, I ended up actually ending my track season early before I graduated because I got a concussion. Oh, from, no. Yeah, um, I was getting out up too early, hitting the back of my head on, like, the doorway of, like, a oh. van the night before a race. And so I was out for two months. And then coming back from that, um, having a respiratory infection for over a month and then oh. spraining both my ankles. And then, um, yeah. <laughs> Sammy, oh my gosh, do you want yeah. me to put you in a bubble? My gosh. I know, and it's funny because I used to get sick a lot. I think, I don't know if that had to do with like the eating disorder, but people would joke and be like, oh, you have the Sammy virus because we don't know oh. what you have. You're always sick. Oh. <laughs> terrible, oh my gosh. Yeah, knock on wood, I yes. only gotten sick once this year, so. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, accomplishment. So <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, well, I, I, I also read um, that you're actually now that you're knock on wood doing well and such like yeah. that a major goal of yours in running is to qualify for the 2020 US Olympics, yeah. Olympic trials, excuse me, in the 5k. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So what? So in that, you know, pursue of the goal, um, I guess I could say, what are the mental and physical actions that you need to take personally to get there? Yeah. Uh, so definitely, I think in this stage of my life, I've been really trying to focus on the mental aspect in running. Um, 
I just feel like um, things that have helped me in the past, um, staying mindful, um, being in the present, and it's almost like appreciating the journey. Um, just like, you know, after a run or a workout, um, it's just thinking about how much better that day made me. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and then also I sometimes journal, and I think that's really helpful. Um, um, I actually wrote a piece for Raleigh Distance on um, Kara. If y'all have ever read Kara Goucher's new book, Strong, I would highly recommend you though. Oh my gosh, oh, it's Megan, so good. Megan, oh, I haven't it? read it. No, I just saw oh. your piece, your um, blog on it, which was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no. So um, almost like a confidence journal. And I think it really helps to have some positive aspects into training. Like if you're re- um, writing in your log like all the time, I felt like crap. I felt bad. This workout was bad. But trying to take a positive aspect out of that workout, almost like, oh, I felt bad, but I was able to mentally engage to where I was able to finish the workout and I got better from that in a sense. So I think that's how I can work on my mindset. And then just the physical stuff is just making sure I do everything right and just continue fueling correctly and enough so I can continue to be strong and um, focus on like little things too, like sleep, um, hydration and, um, and a good life balance. I think that's key for me. Um, Not just making it, um, all about running and I think Raleigh Distance Project does a good job at that um, um, being surrounded by you know a community of women that support each other but also um, have a good you know head on their shoulder mm-hmm. yeah well you actually just lead us perfectly into the next question because my next question is that you're a member of the Raleigh Distance Project and I actually everybody who's listening um, heard about Sammy because Andy we emailed or we yeah. interviewed Andy, one of um, Sammy's teammates, uh, a while back, and um, she was wonderful. And so Andy reached out to me. She's like, you've got to interview Sammy. She's got a great story and something that I really think would relate to your listeners, which clearly Sammy does. Mm -hmm. So um, that's how I got in touch with um, Sammy. And so um, I guess my question is, what does um, being a part of the Raleigh Distance Project mean to you? And then maybe on a grander scope um, or bigger scope, you know, you're, you're supported by Wazelle. So what does that mean to you too? So you kind of have like a two team sort of situation, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I joined the Raleigh distance project. Um, I think a couple of days ago, it was like, I celebrated my year anniversary of joining the Raleigh distance. Oh, um, something popped up on my, Oh, thanks. It's something popped up on my um, Facebook. I was like, Oh my gosh, it was, it's been already been a year and it's been crazy. <laughs> but I mean, they helped me just kind of get on my feet and, um, and really find the love of running again. Um, you know, I knew a couple of those girls cause some of them grew up in North Carolina too. And Andy, we overlapped a year in school. She was a fifth year when I was a freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I remember us talking, um, before this was even a thing. She's like, okay, just wait, you know, I know, um, you want to run after college. So I'm going to come up with something and um, we're going to just make this happen in Raleigh because there's so many good schools in Raleigh, like UNC, Duke, NC State. And so we wanted to have options for people in the area um, to, um, you know, go towards that elite level and Olympic trials level. And so um, they've just been nothing but supportive. And um, I love like being, you know, with, it's a very diverse group too. It's just like, we have um, different passions as well. And we just all come together as one. And I think um, 
something's great about that just to bring our own unique personality to the group um <laughs> and also just they've never doubted me and my um ability and um because i've had people say like you know oh my goal is to qualify for the 2020 olympic trials and they're like oh that's you know very ambitious for where you're at now and so i think it's um great to have them you know alongside um because it almost sets up that accountability too because they're training alongside and um and it's you know i value community too and that's what they are and as for wazelle um it's funny because as soon as andy got sponsored um by wazelle i I've always wanted to run for Wazell. Um, for I just love everything they're about. Like they're awesome. Um, I even told her that I was like, oh, that's such like that. That's that's a goal of mine. I want to be a part of that and um, just everything they stand for. And so um, we had a little bit of trouble at first just getting sponsors because I mean we started from the ground up. It was just really girls who just got together and we were the ones going out getting the sponsors. And so um, we were just very lucky to have Andy there. To, that had all those connections and you know Wazel was one of them and um they really liked what we were doing and our what our group was about and so we asked about you know maybe partnering with them and um they helped supported us and we actually went to bird camp this um summer and it was like the best experience of my life i, I mean i got to meet kara lauren and ali and um try not to fangirl but um <laughs> you can't it help was, it with those you cannot help you it can't. And, and they're just like so like such awesome people and just the woman that like went there were um incredible and just meeting all the um the volley and um you know everybody that you know put it together so mm -hmm. yeah. oh yay well i'm so happy that you found your place you know it sounds mm -hmm. like you're really happy with you know your teammates and where you are yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it has its, I mean, obviously there's days that there's struggles and whatnot, oh, but I mean, um, overall, I just feel like this is, I don't know, it's just, you get that feeling almost like I like to say my heart skips a beat when I know that something's right for me and I just feel that way yeah. with Raleigh distance. Yeah, that's oh. so good. Yeah. It's like a great place to be in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so in addition to being a part of the Raleigh Distance Project, you're also working to become a certified health coach. Yeah. So cool. Um, so I know in our bio or in the bio you, you um, sent to me, you, you want to do this in hopes of empowering women around you. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit more about this and kind of why you wanted to pursue it um, even more, a little bit more in depth on why you wanted to pursue it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think... Um... I've, I mean, like I said, I've always struggled in figuring out what I wanted to do because um, not like feeling like I'm good at school was just hard. I'm like, well, do I really have like something that I can be good at? And so I think after going through, um, you know, therapy and treatment, I really just thought about, you know, oh, I really need to be healthy in all aspects of life. It's not just about food or diet or any of that. Um, uh, I know some people might be fixated on that, but it's so much more than that. And I just really want to express that to um, individuals out there that um, if you just are able to change your environment, it could be by the way, like you have habits and things that you do and um, how that can um, bring you overall happiness. Um, so I think um, I wanted to empower women. I think that um, 
because I take my certification through the Health Coach Institute, and they always talk about like finding your niche or niche. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You can use either one, but um, <laughs> but I think yeah, you're interchangeable. You're good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, so. I was just trying to find something that I could specialize in, you know, eating disorders is one, um, running. And I think after bird camp, um, that really made me want to um, just reach out to all women and um, work with them and just really um, allow them to see their Mm self-worth. So, yeah. Um, I love that. First of all, I think it's amazing. I think you're going to be really special at what you do. Um, Thank you. So as soon as you get up and running in your health coach business, once you're certified, let us know and we'll share you with all of our followers. Oh, thank you. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So kind of as we end getting close to the end, I always like to ask like a few like kind of deeper questions just to kind of, I don't know, play around a little bit. Um, So on your blog, you write a a lot about um, growth and that's something that I think is so powerful. Um, So, I want to ask you, how do you continue to challenge yourself to grow? Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing is being in situations where you find yourself being uncomfortable. I think being uncomfortable is the biggest thing to growth. Um, Just think about like, I mean, you can think about it like training or um, anything. If you do the same thing over and over again, it's point where it's like okay well I maxed out on what I'm going to do so what's the next thing that I can do to get stronger to grow and I think um putting myself in those situations um I think a good example is um you know the anxiety that I have is a lot of social anxiety and so I was always nervous in big crowds and even just nervous talking to people that I didn't know and so I think that putting myself into those situations and you know speaking in front of crowds and stuff like that are ways that I can grow and um, just learn for myself. So I really um, challenge people to, um, if they want to to be somewhere they've never been, um, they have to do something they never have. It's like that quote that people hear all the time. And I Uh um, firmly like stand by it for sure. That's great. Oh, but how, you know, and like, I also want to acknowledge the fact of how hard is it to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation? Mm, Oh Oh my gosh. I know. (laughs) Well, I love your analogy to being uncomfortable in training too, because as a runner, I think we can all relate to that at some point or another, like those workouts that you just hate, like Kelsey, for you, that might be a hundred meter sprints, but (laughs) for some of us, I don't know, it's just not like, like the altitude or something really hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's All the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and I also want to acknowledge the fact, too, Sammy, that, you know, it doesn't have to be in running as well. Like, that's usually yeah. like, it's a big thing that, you know, our podcast, we're kind of strong runner chicks. So that's something yeah. we talk about. But the other thing, too, is that, you know, we, as Megan, did the awesome thing of starting like hashtag more than a runner. And, you know, how can you continue to challenge yourself to grow outside of running? And like, like you said, you know, being more active in social situations or, you know, if you don't like to public speak, you know, don't be afraid, like raising your hand mm-hmm. in class or, um, I don't know, anything yeah. that really gets you, your heart racing and like yeah. that, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this way is a real challenge and a real way to grow. Oh yeah, um, for so sure. <laughs> it's, it's hard. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Public speaking is one of those big ones. I just remember my freshman year, um, 
taking public speaking and I'd uh-huh. do as good of a job as actually just really getting out there and mm-hmm. I would just freeze up in front of people and didn't get the best grade in that class but um, mm-hmm. I think the more you do it the more um, natural it becomes just with anything and I think also people think that they're born with something that um, you know you have to be born with it to be good at but mm-hmm. I mean I think that's kind of crap I think that you could start something and um, the more you work towards it almost like a muscle you're working a muscle and it becomes stronger you become stronger in that thing so I'm comfortable at first and then you become comfortable oh I love that that's yeah. awesome. I love that analogy and I love yeah. I think just the opportunity of growth at all like all times is just like you don't have to wake up like one morning or you can wake up one morning or you don't have to you know you can let me rephrase that you know, you don't have to wait for a special day to continue to grow. You can grow in every moment of your day, which is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's currently making you thrive? Oh, so many things. I would just say, um, you know, the relationships that I have around me. Um, community, I know I say that a lot, but it really does make me thrive. And then I just mm-hmm. think um, having faith in God really makes me thrive and just trusting in Him and, um, you know, having that belief um really does um you know family i am just all of raleigh in general because um we have a strong running community here and just community in general and um i've met some awesome people along the way and just along um, my different journeys um so i think just you know inspiring people also help as well yeah i love that um i'm gonna add a question here what are you looking forward to Oh, man. Uh, that's a hard one. I guess just, I mean, a big one would finally getting certified so I can help people yeah. would be a big thing. That's um, uh, one. Um, I think just continuing on and just to see how much Raleigh distance grows over the next year. I think that's what I'm most looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's cool to see how far we've come in just a year. And I mean, we've had people say, oh, you, you're not going to get that done. Like, uh, that's not possible. And just to be able to prove like those people wrong and be able to do it um, with just us um, is awesome. So I think that's a big thing I'm looking forward to just to see, you know, and how everybody on our team just um, achieves their goals because everyone's working really hard and just doing such a great job. All right. Last two questions here. What advice would you give to your younger self? Oh man, I think, um, being true to yourself, I think, is such a huge thing. It's something that I wish I did. Um, not letting other people's opinions um, change who I am. And I think just um, don't put on a face. Stay true to like yourself and um, stand firm in your opinions. Um, and you'll get to the path that you want to go. Because um, I think I let myself... Um, be swayed by people and just um, if they had a negative opinion of me, I took that to heart and, um, you know, gave into peer pressure and all of that. And I think um, I would, you know, say that to my younger self. Megan, you want to wrap it up for us? Love it. Yes. Final question. What does being a strong runner chick mean to you? Oh my gosh, so much, because I love, I mean, I um, I know I was super enthusiastic there, but um, I always use the um, hashtag, you know, strong, and um, just the word strong, it just really, I mean, again, makes my heart skip a beat. I think mm-hmm. just 
it just means that you're a positive influence on just the running community and just showing that um, it's not just one body type or one type. There's many different unique runners out there and um, everybody is strong. And just to be able to embody that um, is such an inspiring thing. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sammy, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Thank y'all. This was great. And I love hearing your story and all that you've shared and um, where where you've been and where you are and where you're going, which is so exciting. So um, if listeners want to reach out to you, um, is there any way that they can do that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess... Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> um, we do have um, Raleigh Distance Project is a big one that they can reach out. Um, okay. And then I'm on Instagram. Um, I don't know if you want me to give my handle or I don't if know. If you feel comfortable, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll um, in the show notes too. <laughs> yeah, um, it's Sammy with a Y XC 1994. Um, okay. and that's one you can reach out to me and. Um, you know, I love to connect with new people and be able to help as much as I can. And, you know, another one, if anybody has any questions about Raleigh Distance or just anything, um, the Raleigh Distance Project is on Instagram as well. So. Awesome. All right, listeners, you heard it here. If you want to reach out to Miss Sammy, feel free to reach out to her. And um, Sammy, once again, thanks so much for taking the time. Yeah, to yeah there you go. Thank y'all. This was awesome. <laughs> All right, Strong Runner Ticks, have a great rest of your day, your evening, or wherever you're joining us from. And thanks so much for spending some time with us out of your day. Um, We hope to have you listen to us soon. All right, bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Strong Runner Ticks Radio. Do us a favor and leave a review in iTunes to help spread awareness and foster the SRC community. Additionally, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Strong Run Chicks.